Welcome to Season 1, Episode 5 of the Political Spotlight. I'm your host, Connor Mann, and today's guest is Commissioner Jeff Bergosh, who represents District 1 in Escambia County, Florida's Board of County Commissioners. Jeff Bergosh won that seat back in 2016 and is seeking re-election this year. A couple episodes ago, we had one of his opponents, Jonathan Owens. So if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to it so you can make the best informed decision on August 18th. Let's jump straight into things. All right, we have Commissioner Bergosh on the phone. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Connor? I am doing well. Uh, let's jump straight into things. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you originally wanted to run for office? Well, I never really planned to run for office, to be very honest. I was a guy who owned um, restaurants and sports bars. I had worked my way through college, um, bartending and waiting tables, and uh, you know, uh, moved from California back to Pensacola to raise my family here and bought several businesses here and some commercial real estate. And was, uh, you know, doing that and, you know, working a day job and um, was asked to run for the position of school board member um, by my brother and uh, by then superintendent of schools, Jim Paul, because I had a, a degree in music and uh, I had done some teaching um, of third grade out in California and wanted to really be a music teacher. That was my first uh, a career choice. And they knew I had that background, plus they knew I had small children at that time in the school system. So that's how I got into elected political office. I had no desire to do it prior to that and um, of course uh, was fortunate enough to be elected to the school board in, in District 1 and served two complete terms there and then um, uh, went and uh, ran for the county commission at the urging of several uh, supporters who um, knew my background and um, and so that's, that's kind of it in a, in a nutshell. Um, currently we're doing this podcast in direct response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Could you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on the pandemic and how it's directly affecting your re-election campaign? Well, it's, it's totally hampered, I believe, all the candidates, really. I mean, I was I had a very robust door-to-door campaign uh, going, just as I did in my last election, where I went to 8,634 houses personally door-to-door. That's been kind of like my stock and trade in these campaigns uh, that I've run. Because my, my whole feeling on it, Connor, is... If I'm going to ask someone to vote for me, I ought, to, I ought to at least make myself available to them on their front doorstep so they can look me in the eye and ask me a question that they want. But of course, in the era of COVID-19, that's simply something that cannot happen you know, for reasons everyone understands. So it's, it's kind of impacted the race in that respect. But I think um, more importantly, I think people's attention has really turned away from local politics, if you will, and more to uh, the national scene and the state scene, because the state and federal authorities have done so much uh, to kind of limit the freedoms of citizens that I think uh, all their anger really is focused um, on the state, the governor, and in some respects, the federal government for shutting down their lives. All right. Could you tell us a little bit about what sets you apart from the other candidates in this race? Well, you know, I know uh, Mr. Casey. Uh, I, of course, I know Jonathan Owens. He works at the uh, county for Commissioner Doug Underhill. He's Commissioner Doug Underhill's secretary. And I don't know the other gentleman, Jimmy Trotter. But um, here's what I would say. Uh, you know, we're going through some crazy, very, very, very trying times and with a lot of asymmetrical problems uh, coming at us from all different directions. I would say one thing that sets me apart is I have a track record of going through tough adverse circumstances and coming out the other side. And I know that our budget is going to take a massive hit 
the legislature is going to have to go back to the session. I'm very, very certain they're going to cut the budget and they're going to foist some additional unfunded mandates on us. So one thing I would say about me, I'm on record. I've said it in every campaign I've been in and every office I've done it. I will not raise taxes on existing homeowners, no matter what. Um, we have to live within our means. And what does that mean? Well, it meant when I was on the school board in 2007, we had to cut our budget $40 million. And believe me, they wanted to raise taxes, but we didn't do it. School buses still ran. Kids still got lunches. Everyone made their way through it, and we were able to survive it. And how did that happen? Well, we had to we had to cut some things out. We had to cut some fat. I believe, um, you know, depending upon what happens with this COVID pandemic, we, we're in for some rough, turbulent water. So I'm a guy with a track record of fighting tough circumstances um, and coming through the other side unscathed. I'm a guy who's not going to do a knee-jerk uh, staff uh, recommended tax increase on uh, homeowners. I simply will not do it. And um, as, as compared to my opponents in this race, I frankly, I do believe I have a resume and an education background with a master's degree in public administration, ownership of multiple businesses. Um, so I have a resume and the background, uh, educational background, I believe, that sets me apart from my opponents. I don't believe anyone else in the race has a master's degree in public administration and experience as an elected official. And right now, now more than ever, Connor, experience matters. Leadership, proven, tested leadership and experience is going to be critical as we navigate the next several years in the wake of this pandemic. Speaking of experience, could we take a little bit of a deeper dive into your career experience? Absolutely. Sure. What would you like to know? Uh, just anything about your career that has led you to this point right now. Well, um, uh, let's see. I went to Petzcola High School, got my uh, high school diploma. I was in the top 10% of my class, uh, even though I skipped about 35 to 40 days in my senior year. No one knew about it until I got my report card, at least my parents did. Uh, I, I say that facetiously. I, you know, I, I was a good student, but I was bored, and uh, you know, especially at the end of the year. They weren't quite as sophisticated back then. Uh, on catching people skipping school. But uh, after that, I went to PSC for one term. I transferred to a college out in San Diego, California, called Grossmont College. It was a, uh, it was a community college. My father was stationed in the military out there, and so I was able to get in-state tuition, which at that time was significantly less than University of West Florida or PSC. As a matter of fact, I got my associate's degree for less than $200 in tuition. It was something ridiculous, wow. like 50 bucks a semester for as many courses as you wanted to take. I went next to San Diego State University, completed my degree in music. Um, I played guitar. That's my, uh, I played guitar, bass guitar, a little bit of saxophone, a little bit of keyboards. And that's what I wanted to do was teach music. I uh, taught uh, third grade at McKinley Elementary School there and then was told I could not get a full credential unless I went back to college and took two years of a foreign language. So by that time, I was a little bit burned out on school. So I uh, was bartending at the time and uh, opened my own, uh, my first business. And uh, you put my life savings into it, got an SBA 7A loan, which means they attach uh, everything, all your assets to it, my house, everything. My firstborn child was tied into this thing. Anyway, long story short, I went in and quadrupled the sales and uh, operated for many, many years very successfully. Sold it for six times when I paid for it. Um, after I bought that one, I bought a second one. Uh, it was a very complex deal. Same thing, SBA 7A loan. Uh, also tied the property up as well. Uh, what I ended up doing was going in, fixing that one up, 
and then I sold it 20 months 20 months later for a profit of about two hundred thousand um, dollars. So that was a, another real good deal. Then I bought a restaurant uh, that also had a cocktail lounge and a nightclub in it. Went in, held that one for about four years, uh, sold it to double what I paid for it. And then when I moved out here, of course, I bought a strip mall and it included a nightclub and a hair salon and sold the uh, nightclub within, I don't know, 13 months for a nice uh, tidy profit and was a landlord. Um, and then by that time, I uh, joined the school board. And a few years into that, I went back to school uh, at, in middle age and completed a 36-month master's program in 18 months while I was working two jobs. And uh, in 2016, I ran for county commission and won, and the rest is history. That's kind of a warp speed look. Um, but I would say for your listeners, um, anyone who asks for your vote, especially for a position like this, with so much authority and power, and it's such crazy, hectic times, you know, I look at it like they're hiring. They're hiring their county commissioner. So if you go to my website, jeffbergosh.com, you can see my resume. You can also see my transcripts from my college, including the grades I got. Um, I think I believe in maximum transparency, and uh, I think any voter, if anyone asks for your vote, uh, a voter has a right to see all of this. And so I've put it out there. I don't know that my opponents have, but I feel like I want people to know who they're who they're hiring, and I think I'm very well qualified for the job, Connor. What do you feel uh, has been your greatest accomplishment and contribution so far to District One? Well, you know, it just depends. You know, when I was on the school board, there was a number of things that we did. We closed and consolidated a lot of schools, and that saved a lot of money for the taxpayers. Of course, I never voted once for a year-over-year village rate increase on property owners. I'm very proud about that. Um, We opened a school district health clinic for employees, and we saved millions of dollars. That was my initiative that I brought. Um, And most importantly, as it relates to the school district, I was very, very uh, active in the campaign to get us into the modern 21st century and get a professional hired appointed superintendent of schools into our school district. And I was also very, very active in getting our discipline uh, sorted out. We had a very broken system where students were allowed to uh, rack up 50, 60 referrals for very, very serious infractions and face no punishment. I, we were able to switch that around and get that curtailed. We uh, started a matrix system, which put a lot more pressure on students uh, once they got to six referrals and brought in the parents. Uh, and I was very proud of that because we were losing good students. Um, good students were going to the private schools, and that costs uh, the entire district money. So those are some things that I did uh, on the school board. Now, once I came to the county commission, um, I pushed very, very hard for some improvements at Mueller Park, and those are going to be coming soon. I earmarked $2.5 million for uh, the Beulah Fire Station out in Beulah. That's, that project is moving forward done a number of road projects. We did a road swap with Perdido Key uh, and Beulah Road, which is going to save taxpayers ultimately $9 million. I got a uh, traffic light at Beulah Road Mobile Highway, which uh, was a $1.6 million project the state paid for. What's significant about that is four months into my tenure, that project got pulled. They were testing me. So fortunately, I had contacts that I had made when I was on the school board uh, legislative context. So I picked up the phone and made some phone calls, and we were able to get that project reinstated, and now it's there. And then it, it's a very important project because prior to that, in the five-year period before that, before it got built, we had something like 45 wrecks, including a fatality there. So it was a very dangerous intersection. I got in there, uh, rolled up the sleeves, and we got it done. So but there's numerous uh, sidewalk projects that we've pushed and got, uh, got put to the top of the list. 
We've got an interchange project for another exit in Beulah, which I've pushed as the chairman of the TPO, uh, and we've got that pushed to the number one project, and we're going to get that one done in the next six to seven years. Um, there's a lot. I, mean, we're, we're, uh, I put together a nine-member committee in Beulah, which is the fastest-growing area of Escambia County, and I secured uh, $300,000 in funding so we can do a master plan to more intelligently plan the growth. Um, I was able to uh, reinitiate new projects under the Restore Act. We've got $2.5 million to build a brand new boat launch in District 1 on Perdido Bay. Um, so there's just a lot that I've done. I've been very, very active and I'm very, very determined. Uh, and we've got a lot of road projects done throughout the district and um, multiple drainage projects that we're working on right now, including uh, Sarasota Street, where we had six houses falling into a ditch and no one could fix it, no one could get it done. I went out and met with the residents. I figured out a way to fund it. And we're getting it done for those residents and we're going to restore their backyards, fix the ditch. And so it's, it's a never ending, it's a never ending merry-go-round of problems. But I look at them as opportunities for improvement. Challenges can be actually negative or positive. I look at them as opportunities, opportunities to fix things and make the lives better for, for our citizens. Looking forward, what do you believe are the biggest problems facing our district? Absolutely 100% economic recovery now. With this COVID-19, 36 million Americans out of work, they're saying the unemployment rate could go, well, it's already at levels we haven't seen since the Great Depression. So we had longstanding challenges with uh, public safety, getting that funded properly, infrastructure, we've got a lot of deferred maintenance that we've been dealing with. Um, we've been knocking out projects one by one, but that all got put on the pause button. We Now we have to, we have to protect the jobs that we have here, we have to shore up our manufacturing sector uh, segments here in Escambia County, which we're doing with ST Aerospace. We've got a big project with them that we're hoping um, that we can keep it on track even in this economy. I think I think the economy is going to be number one right now. Um, obviously, everyone wants great roads. We're going to continue to do that, sidewalks, streetlights. But if you don't have a job and you can't pay your house payment, uh, I think the I think the, the money issue, the the economy. The economics is certainly going to be the biggest factor going forward. And then, of course, then we'll have all the rest of the you know, public safety challenges, uh, getting our firefighters sorted out, getting you know the appropriate pay for our first responders. We just uh, settled the contract with our EMTs and paramedics. And, um, but, again, I think economic challenges going forward, dealing with a budget that, that could drop significantly without raising taxes, because there's a lot of people already on the bubble, and I'm not going to raise taxes on them. So I think, in a nutshell, uh, the economy is going to be our biggest big challenge going forward because of the pandemic. All right, it's time for our next segment where we pull two random listeners' questions. Um, and the first one is, has there been any traffic study done since the Nine Mile Road expansion to show if once completed, Nine Mile will be more effective? Well, I think I think there have been. I think the, the TPO conducted those studies, the state of Florida conducted those studies before they uh, move forward with with the twenty million dollar project to four lane it from uh, from the interstate all the way out to uh, uh, to Beulah Road, and then eventually there's another project behind that one to take it from Beulah Road all the way out to the Alabama border. But I think the critical thing to 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 consider there is the other the other part of that is once we had the interchange. Right now, there's one exit getting out of Beulah. That's exit five, and so all the traffic from the entire greater Beulah area has to go down Nine Mile Road past Navy Federal, where we have 8,500 employees, to one exit. Once we get the second exit, 
which I'm working. That's probably the number one most project, most important project that I'm working on right now. And it's there's a lot of stakeholders that want it. But once we get that, Connor, half the traffic from Beulah will be going north instead of going down Nine Mile Road. So I do believe that once that project on the four lane Nine Mile Road is done, and once we add the additional exit into Beulah. Um, the Beulah interchange, I believe, yes, we will be kind of, we will be somewhat very, very close to where we need to be in terms of traffic management in that area. All right. Let's pull another one. Um, has there been any businesses that show promising interest in OLF8? Well, we're not to that stage yet, Connor. What we have to do first is we have to master plan the field. And that's one thing that I'm proud that we got done. I had a $1.5 million uh, Restore Act project uh, on, um, on, the, on the books to master plan the OLF-8 field. We were able to work and negotiate with Navy Federal Credit Union to pay for the master plan since they're a, a big tenant right next door. And um, we, we worked together as, as the board, as a board of county commissioners. We worked very collaboratively and had a unanimous 5-0 vote on, on a document which which was a compromise, frankly. That that field was originally supposed to be a jobs-producing commerce park. Um, there was a lot of gnashing of teeth and a lot of angst, and a lot of nearby residents wanted something beyond that. And so we, again, made this compromise document, but part of the compromise allowed us to take the $1.5 that was earmarked from the Restore Act money to master plan the field and switch that, transfer that over to the Pensacola Airport in District 4 of Scania, and help get that $220 million SD Aerospace project here in exchange for Navy Federal paying for the master plan. So we were able to link arms with the private sector and move that uh, that money that was earmarked for the field over to SD Aerospace, uh, to the Pensacola Airport, for jobs. So I was proud about that. And, uh, and so when we get back to the main question is, do we have tenants yet? No, no, because we have not. We've got to do the master plan first we got to figure out how much of that field will be available for job creation, how much of that will be available for amenities, what it will look like. And that's going to be a very open process, and that will be taking place over the next eight months. We just had the kickoff meeting last Thursday, and, and over the next eight months, we'll have citizen input, and we'll develop the plan for that field. All right. We've reached the end of our interview, and we have one more segment on the show that we like to do where we roll this spotlight out for political candidates to plug their campaign as much as they would like. So, Mr. Bergosh, you have the spotlight. It is on you. Plug away. Okay. Well, thank you. Well, I, I'd just like to introduce myself to the people who don't know me. My name is Jeff Bergosh. I grew up here in Pensacola, Florida. I've traveled all over the world as the son of a military man, and, uh, and I moved back to Pensacola and raised my family here. Um, I love this community. This is my home, and I want it to be better. When I graduated from high school in 1986 at Pensacola High School, I wanted to stay here, but there was not enough economic opportunities for a kid like me, so I had to move to California where I could afford to go to school. I, I saw that on the school board for 10 years. Kids would graduate, and they would leave Pensacola, and some of them would never come back. It's a brain drain that we can't afford, and it's part of the reason why I ran for county commission, because I think the county commission setting the economic uh, tempo, the economic climate for the county can, can help prevent that. And that way, we, we've got the brightest students that you can imagine graduating. They can stay here if they choose to do it. They can get a great education at UWF or go away to college and come back and know that there's a diversified job space that will bring them home. And, and we're getting there now with ST Aerospace, with Solution, with Ascend, with um, uh, Navy Federal Credit Union. We're getting there and we're getting that job's diversification. So to me, um, I look at it through the eyes, uh, through my own eyes when I was 18, 
and desperately want to stay. And I'm hoping that we make this community, and I'm working to help make this community, a place where every student that graduates can stay and families can stay together instead of having to move you know, to New Orleans or Atlanta or up the West Coast or up North. And to me, that's very important. I also want to make this the most veteran-friendly town and county in the country. And we're working very hard to do that as well. We have a, a tremendous population of retired military here. And I am very, very, very humbled by their service. My own daughter and my own son have served in the military. Uh, my father was in the Navy. My brother was in the Marine Corps. And I think uh, that's something that we can do to make this the most military-friendly county in the country. And I finally, I would tell your listeners, if you're on the fence, if you're not sure who to vote for, make sure you do your research. Remember, you're hiring a very, very important position and you want the very best. Ask every candidate for their for their educational uh, attainment, what, what kind of education they have, what kind of background they have, and ask them for their resume. You can see all of that at my website, jeffbergosh.com. My resume, my economic, or my educational transcripts, and a plan for the future for the next four years. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Connor. Thank you. That's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have any politician or candidate that would like to come on the Political Spotlight, have them message us at the Political Spotlight on Facebook. If you have any questions you would like to ask those candidates, just let us know in private message on the Political Spotlight Facebook page. Again, thanks for listening. Have a good day.